Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Uh, welcome to the C4SO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and I'm here again with Bishop Todd Hunter. Uh, Todd, how are you today? I'm great. Always pleased to be your sidekick. Yes. Uh, we, it's, my uh, new claim, it's my new claim to fame. Yep. We, uh, <laughs> yes, I is. just no. tell people, I know Ben Sternkey. <laughs> yeah. I am his sidekick. I don't even know, I don't even know how to respond to that, but <laughs> you're making me feel uh, self-conscious. Uh, we're recording at a different time than we normally do, so we'll see. Maybe yeah. this interview will be a little bit uh, different. It's later in the afternoon than we normally record. Um, but before we get into today's interview, I want to, well, today's interview is actually part of this um, about how C4SO is celebrating Black History Month. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, in addition to um, talking with Danny today and about the Equal Healing Reparations Initiative, also wanted to just mention uh, to everybody that each week on Sunday and Ash Wednesday, which is this week, um, we are providing a guided Visio Divina, uh, which is an ancient form of Christian prayer, meditating on the icons and the art of an artist named Laura James. Um, and so the first one is up. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you haven't seen it, subscribe to the newsletter um, and you'll get all of those. Uh, so that happens on each Sunday. Um, and those are great. Um, we're going to use, uh, I think, some of those in our church um, uh, during Lent, uh, which again, starts this week. Uh, also, each week, we're going to be praying a collect together from Cole Arthur Riley's Black Liturgies Project, uh, where she seeks to integrate concepts of dignity and lament and rage and justice and rest and liberation with the practice of uh, written prayer. So you can follow C4SO on social media, on Facebook or Twitter to get those uh, maybe Instagram too. I'm not on Instagram, so I don't know what's going on over there. Are you on Instagram, Todd? Uh, well, C4SO is, so I imagine it's there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, very good. Um, and maybe we'll even pray uh, the prayer for this week uh, at the end of this episode today. Um, there's also opportunities to invest financially in Black-led churches in our diocese, as well as investing in the project that we're going to talk about today which is called the Equitable Healing Reparations Initiative, which was started by St. Mary of Bethany Parish in Nashville. And Danny Bryant, who is the rector of St. Mary of Bethany, has joined us today to talk a little bit more about this initiative. Danny, welcome to the C4SO podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yeah, it's nice to uh, nice to have you. Um, before we get into it, maybe just introduce yourself a little bit to us uh, for those who are not familiar with you. Who are you? Are family context, ministry context, uh, anything interesting? Yeah, I am. People uh, might want to know. Danny Bryant. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, um, by way of Southern California, um, but I've been mm. here long enough that I probably don't get to claim California anymore. But I still do. <laughs> uh, I think it annoys people. <laughs> Um, my wife <laughs> is there. from here, which is a large part okay. of how we ended up here and, um, have four kids. My wife's name is Rebecca and we've got a uh, okay. freshman, eighth grader, um, fifth grader and second grader, Joshua, Andrew, Pax and Maddie. Um, so uh, nice. Maddie went back to school this week in person mm. and okay. Pax and Joshua go next week and Andrew wonders why anyone would give up 
get taking tests twice. So he'll be staying at home for virtual school. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. Yeah. That's great. Um, how, how, um, I, I'm just realizing that I don't know that much about St. Mary of Bethany Parish. It, it's a church plant, fairly recent. It is, church yeah. Plant. We, is that right? uh, we're six and a half years old. Um, okay. And we were um, a plant uh, here in Nashville in, I guess, 2014. Um, and that story probably does impact how the reparations have grown. Okay. It's um, Mary of Bethany's life, always at the feet of Christ, regardless mm. of her emotional state. And so okay. she might be learning in deep um, curiosity and admiration and wants to be at his feet. Um, and she might be raging after staying in the house, uh, not really wanting to see him feeling betrayed. And so the idea that hmm. Jesus wants to be with us um, and, and that doesn't really depend on where we are at the moment. Hmm. Um, so felt this call to plant a church that um, was on some levels for people who were mad at God um, and yeah. to hear that he still wants to talk to them and be near them. And then the worship that comes out in John 12 following mm. John 11 is this place of, I, I had a an experience that I think um, the spirit said, if you ever want to worship me like that, you've got to be as um, honest about not wanting to see me as she was in John 11. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, oh. we, we hoped to be a place uh, for the displaced, a place where people could um, feel welcome um, and hmm. free in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I'm just thinking about that first. The first line she says to him in John 11, right, is this accusation, this low key. Hey, if you would have shown up a little earlier, mm -hmm. maybe this wouldn't have happened. And it's, you know? so, it's kind of fascinating. Why are you late? I mean, it's the same thing Martha says, and Martha and Jesus have a nice right. little conversation about resurrection. Right. And when Mary says it, it breaks it. <laughs> um, so there's something about wow, the relationship yeah. that um, that's beautiful. We could we could do a whole podcast about that. Um, uh, I'm really intrigued by that. It is it is um, filled so, our six years. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us, um, maybe we can get into some of these connections that you're hinting at here, but tell us, first of all, just what is the Equal Reparation or Equal Healing Reparations Initiative? What, what is it? Give us the contours of, of what this is. Yeah, so um, I guess um, Jim, it's probably best to start with Jamar Tisby, um, the book of okay. The Color of Compromise, and his visit to Nashville in 2019. Um, and he ended his... Um, lecture and the same way he ends the book by giving um, opportunities or ideas for what can be done now you read I think that book reads like Isaiah where mm. Tisby you know Isaiah Isaiah begins I have these accusations um, yeah. and you're on trial yeah. and so the the color of compromise yeah. the um, white American church is on trial from you know mm. a very gracious trial I mean it Tisby is so winsome but but thorough in the, in the prosecution <laughs> and um you can i give you know experience reading something like that and realizing the complicity um that i have in that whether it's passivity or active participation um hmm. and i can be you can be left with a well that feels terrible but i, hmm. I don't know what to do so Tisby mm -hmm. talked that night about the disparity that exists in the mental health professional field 
and how um, how um, inequitable it is. Therapy, mental health, um, is 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 often seen as a white thing. Um, there are stigmas in the black community about it, and then and then you get into um, wealth gaps and training, and then you've got access issues. So I don't know I don't know if either of you have seen the movie Get Out. Uh, but that was another part have, of this yeah. for me, that that scene of hmm. a black man with a white therapist and that sunken place and that um, yeah. visual of the disparity that exists. And hmm. so um, St. Mary's is a community that values mental health. Uh, we have a lot of therapists in our community. So we're connected relationally. Um, and then he talked about reparations. And, and I think that a kingdom... A vibrant kingdom theology allows the church to go into places that the government can't or won't. Um, mm. The government has something to protect, a pride to defend, the power to hold on to, and the, the kingdom. Philippians two, just we can just empty ourselves in joy to join the canonic work of Christ. And so, um, I thought, what if we use our power? And and again, I don't want to hesitate there. I didn't. It's not. I thought. I the the. the the, as far as I can go is I listened mm -hmm. like this the reparations is not typically a white church idea <laughs> but yeah. it's listening to the marginalized I, I, Walter Brueggemann is such a big influencer and formative voice for St. Mary's and um, the years leading up to that call to be a place for the displaced were deeply rooted in lament and dignity and the things that you talked about um, I can't mm -hmm. remember the person's name but um there's something yeah. about joining our actions and ears to the voices of lament yeah. that Pharaoh will never listen to, hmm. um, but the people yeah. of God and God do and will. And so I think we need to be listening for ideas that we can implement of the marginalized yeah. rather than looking for what ideas we've had. So it was listening hmm. more than thinking. Yeah. And, um, yeah but we did begin to listen and think and cultivate what could this be? And so we decided the first act was to pay student loan debt of black therapists. Um, and so the <laughs> first debt that we took on, so in August, we were able to tell a therapist in Nashville, um, essentially you're debt free, St. Mary's is taking on this debt. And it was a $55,000 debt and um, 30,000 of it has been, um, given uh, it's offered we avoid words like donated we avoid words if this isn't charity it's justice this isn't um hmm. we didn't have a wine and cheese party where we felt good about <laughs> writing checks the therapist's identity yeah. is anonymous this isn't a yeah. um you know walk across the stage and take a picture with us while we hand you a check it is just like yeah, the yeah. slow mustard seed invisible yeah. work that um will make a more equitable and just society um in 5 10 15 20 years so um yeah was that too much no okay that's great, <laughs> that's, great. Thank you. that's great um yeah that's really great um so th the vision I i'm hearing you say the vision for this kind of came about um started with hearing jamar tisby tisby um kind of give this isaiah like prophetic word that like things are things are things are not as they should be. And uh, here's some practical ideas and you kind of associating that with um, 
having a lot of therapists maybe being involved in that world um, and this idea sprang up kind of from the from your community um, to uh, to pay the stu- to do this very concrete um, thing which is paying the student debt of a, of a black therapist uh, as an act of uh, reparations we keep you know, saying that word, I wonder if you could comment a, a couple, just a little bit about that. Um, that that word might be considered somewhat controversial, um, and like you said, like normally a predominantly white church, um, we're not. <laughs> it's not an idea that springs uh, spontaneously to mind um, for us. And you also said like this isn't charity, this is justice. So maybe you could just talk talk a little bit more about that, like. Talk about the concept of reparations. Like, what are we talking about when we're talking about this? Why are why are you framing this as justice and not charity? Um, and then, why did you want to use that word in this initiative? Um, I would again go back to the listening. Um, mm-hmm. It it's using vocabulary that um, I've heard from marginalized communities not using vocabulary that I hear. Like, it's not a top-down thing. And I, I hate top-down, bottom, whatever. Like, the words fail. But, um, again, it's the it's the cries of the people who have experienced it. I, have you, I don't, um, have you, has someone ever wronged you and then told you how you should respond to their, uh, <laughs> their experience of how they wronged you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. what is worse? Yeah, it's a great experience. Like yeah, yeah, I, I mean, love that please. when that happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you haven't, I would love to do that to you sometime. I mean, it's just the, the worst to be told yeah. how yeah. to talk about what you've experienced. Yeah. And that power mm. move, I mean, it's just not compelling. It's not. And so um, reparations are such, like, to be, to have action that goes along with repentance um, yeah. John the Baptist language. The first line of it, of what we wrote, is um, with desire to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So mm-hmm. the, the the biblical form of repentance, right, is like produce fruit that goes along yeah. with it and take action. And so um, yeah. the we, I've, it's so. Fun. I mean, people are really afraid of that word. I've I had uh, one guy who told me, um, "What if we called it jubilee?" <laughs> Which is hilarious because, like, I just I just said, okay, why don't we? And let's cancel all debt and let's free everybody. Like, you, it's actually yeah. a scarier word if you go into the concept. Mm-hmm. Reparation yeah. is like yeah. you got off easy if you all have to do is reparation and not jubilee. And so, yeah. um, it's not a word to be afraid of. Like, it's broken. Yeah. People have been oppressed. I I think one of the beauties of the mental health angle is mm-hmm. I've got a therapist. I would go see, I don't know if you guys do or not, but I recommend it I <laughs> if you don't. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, don't we talk about our parents and grandparents? And like we, yeah. it's funny to me that we will go to therapy, white people will go to therapists to talk about their past while telling people, you know, oh, great grandpa mm-hmm. or grandpa was a slave. Well, that doesn't, I, there's nothing about that that matters now. It's like, well, it right. matters when it's <laughs> your grandpa. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. it's it's such recent history, and and we're living yeah. in it. And even the the di- the disparity between um, the number of black and white mental health professionals and the access, yeah. and and mm-hmm. um, it's just not a fair climb. And so uh, yeah. it's a joyful thing to get to participate in making that right, yeah. and. Um, 
so yeah, I would just say like lean into the word and enjoy it and let it be let it be what it truly is, not what people have co-opted to divide. Um, and it yeah. really is a healing and a and a repair of something that was broken that yeah. kingdom people, I think, um, I'll try to avoid the word should, but it doesn't seem like I can, should enjoy that kind <laughs> of work. It's been one of the most joyful things I've ever been part of. Hey everyone, uh, it is time once again for the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight, highlight, excuse me, where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan Cycle of Prayer. And this week we're praying for All Souls Church in Seattle, Washington, led by the Reverend Andy Palander. And he has joined us uh, today to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray for them specifically. Andy, welcome to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Thank you, Ben. Grateful to be with you. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, what's one thing, as you think about the life of all souls and um, what's going on right now, what's one thing that you're encouraged by? Uh, well, I'll, I'll say a couple things if I could. One is just the, we're so grateful for the way we've been welcomed um, into this new family of churches and uh, have been part of the diocese now since mid-December. And, yeah, you might uh, be the 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 newest uh, the newest sibling, the yeah. baby sibling. Well, uh, happy anyway. happy to be so. Uh, <laughs> we are, <laughs> um, and just have been so grateful for the ways we've been welcomed. I mean, a, a, a shout out for sure to to Chris McDaniel and to Trish Nelson and to Bishop Todd for the ways that they have anticipated and and uh, and guided us along. Uh, it's been such a blessing, and we're really grateful Great. to be here. Um, my colleague R.J. March and I will be ordained to the diaconate uh, this Saturday, actually. And, uh, oh, okay. are very excited about that. Um, a second thing, uh, if, I, if I may, is just the way that we've seen God sustain our community through this year and um, hmm. all that's been happening. Uh, it's certainly been a, a pruning season for, for so many of us. And uh, as a community, we have experienced Christ increasingly becoming our hope, hmm. uh, the one who sustains, who meets us in all of the things that we have felt and had to carry uh, in this season. And we've yes. been experiencing that in really tangible ways, uh, despite not being able to, to yes. gather as we normally would and would love to be. Yeah. Um, so it's been good. That's great. It's great yeah, to thankful hear. for that. Yeah. How about uh, one challenge that you all are facing right now? Uh, well, we're just very weary of, yeah. of COVID and of the restrictions. We have not uh, met for in-person worship together since March 1st of last year. Um, so we've been entirely uh, online for worship. We've been able to gather for some other things, uh, communion yeah. and things, but we're just tired. Um, yeah. and the protocols in Washington State are have been very strict, and it's mm -hmm. it's been a blessing in some ways, but it's also just been it's been hard. So we're, yeah. we're a community that loves to gather and be together and serve, and yes. we miss it. Yep. Yeah, I resonate with that. Um, I'm rereading uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together right now, and he, he kind of opines at the beginning of that book about what a blessing it is to be in physical, the, the physical presence of other Christians. And I'm yeah. a bit like, yes, yeah. like there's a, there's a bit of um, awareness of that that we didn't have before, I think, mm -hmm. uh, an ability not to take it for granted anymore. Mm -hmm. um, how can we pray for you and for all souls in this season? 
Well, when we are able to gather again, which, uh, you know, unknown exactly when, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm guessing later in the spring, early summer, uh, we're going to need space to do it. We've worshipped oh. for the last decade in a middle school, and um, oh, okay. that's been a great fit for us, but um, it's unknown at this point when, when that or something else will be available. So yeah. we would love you to join us in prayer for where God would have us meet uh, physically right. when that comes open again. Well, wonderful. Uh, Andy, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about All Souls or to contribute to their work, uh, check out the link in the show notes. This isn't this begrudging, like, mm. oh, fine, you know, here's a couple yeah. bucks, you know, sorry about all that. But there's this joy in being able to do just, you know, I mean, you're just paying the, it's in, like you said, it's, it's a small thing, actually. You're paying the debt, you're starting by paying the debt of just one student, mm -hmm. you know, one one therapist. Um, but there is there is this joy in it. Um, and I, I think what I'm connecting and what you're saying is that <clears throat> repentance and, like, confession and repentance biblically speaking and in the New Testament is not just about feeling bad or saying you're sorry, um, but it's about making restitution. It's about making the wrong right in, in whatever way that you can. Um, I'm thinking of Zacchaeus. I don't know if that's in part of your literature as well, but like he, he intuited this as well, didn't he? That, to say like, okay, I've had this experience of, with Jesus and, and I realized what I've done. I've done wrong to, to these people. And his instinct is to repay four times, you know, uh, with interest, uh, to repay that. Um, and so, um, I, I agree. I think reparations, we shouldn't be afraid of that. I, I love the fact that you're sort of normalizing it by just putting it right in the title, um, of, of this initiative. So Danny, um, most people who listen to this podcast are leaders of some sort. So did you have to lead St. Mary's through a process to where, reparations would be in any way the intuitive next step? Like, what would you say to leaders who are interested in this, but feel like they're maybe starting with a conversation uh, with a congregation that isn't even sure that race is a real issue, or maybe they've been told, well, to talk, even to talk about race makes you a racist, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So can you say a bit about how you led your congregation or what you might say about leading others? Um, it's a, it's such a good question and it's such a, um, I do think that I've got such a unique journey of following Jesus. Um, it's so not a, um, like just a mainstream, you know, there, there's something about St. Mary's. <laughs> I didn't mean to just make that, that joke, but something about Mary, but uh, there, there's something about, <laughs> I don't even catch yeah, it until sorry. you told me it was a joke. Um, you have to know Danny's sense of humor. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Have an edit button close by, but um, there's again, like we, we started out saying, if you're angry at God, come here. <laughs> so we're right, not right. like, we don't meet on Sunday morning. Like it's so much of what we do out of okay. the gate was let's be yeah. counter 
intuitive, let's be countercultural, like let's meet at four o'clock, let's not have a building and let's make that a value. Like, so I do think on some level for me to advise somebody else is not mm. realistic because mm. we're probably starting from a different spot with like who's coming to our churches. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say, um, like, cultivate a love for justice through lament to but don't like don't don't have other people do it like do it you know what i mean mm. like lean into lament because the seeds like those who sow in sorrow will reap with joy and those who sow with tears will dance and there's no like just have your community watch the movie inside out <laughs> basically i just have a theology <laughs> of pixar um and but that idea of like joy cannot be healthy without sadness and vice versa i kind of wish they'd make a sequel where sadness can't be happy without joy and but that like it's just it's it's gotta be earthy connected to seeds and dying and um and then i would just say like what just to quote scripture maybe the most often repeated command just don't be afraid um and when you do something, like I've, I've repented to people, you know what I mean? Like if I'm too aggressive mm -hmm. or whatever, like don't, don't be afraid to take actions with the oppressed, but also don't, don't be afraid to say, I didn't do that well. Um, but to, mm -hmm. to operate out of joy instead of fear, um, seems like the way to do it. I don't know if that's a helpful answer. Well, what I think I hear you saying, Danny, is that maybe, um, well, first of all, um, thanks for acknowledging that we're all in different starting points, of course. Um, but second of all, maybe if there's sort of a principle or for lack of a better word in what you're saying is that we might have to start with kind of culture creation mm -hmm. yeah. before yeah. explicit moves that are more concrete or programmatic or something that yeah. maybe the leadership that's necessary for this is first and perhaps for a longer time than we would want more implicit culture building yes and i do also think like um if you want to be part of this a safe way to teach your community about it is to start sending checks through saint mary's to reparations and join us and like yeah. you know i think that was one of the things we felt called to do was to let's let's show people this isn't scary uh, somebody's got to go first in a sense to show people it's yeah. possible it's joyful and um let's do it and so we were yeah. we enjoy that space yeah yeah but yeah we'd be really happy hopeful. to have you come alongside and yes uh, yeah and we will get to very specifically how you can do that because uh like you said thirty thousand has been paid um and if i'm not, if i'm doing my math right that leaves 25 um, for yeah. churches uh, you might want to participate uh, to get involved. Um, maybe one more question before we get to some of those uh, practical details. Um, Danny, embedded into a lot of how I've heard you talk about this um, is that this is an act of repentance, right? This is reparations. Um, and one of the things um, that I've heard people, you know, uh, close to me say in, in sort of challenging that is to say, well, that you know like you were saying earlier like that stuff happened a long time ago but there's also this uh, recoiling that i've seen that people have against confessing sins that they didn't personally commit um and i heard you use the word complicity earlier 
Like, how would you how would you talk about that with someone who uh, is maybe like just confused about like why why should I be repenting and and giving reparations for for a sin that I didn't personally commit? Like, um. I need to know more about this person. <laughs> Do I like them? <laughs> They're a member of your church, and so you feel responsible for them. Are no, they self-expands? Yeah. No. Um, uh, I, I, I really, um, I'm just such an actions over words person. Mm-hmm. Like for better mm-hmm. or worse. Like sometimes okay. that's a streak, yeah, sometimes sure. it's not, and I. I'll tell you, the joy, the most joyful thing in last year's lectionary journey, I don't know if you experience this, where like every year there's something, you're like, oh, wow, that's a part of Jesus I didn't see last time in year A, B, or C. There's just how Mm -hmm. often he just left. He was so comfortable walking away when um, Mm. the soil wasn't ready. And... um, you know, this week in our children's curriculum in Godly Play, it's the mustard seed. And we were looking at that last year for our staff council retreat. And somebody had the observation that um, some of the seed that doesn't grow, that's picked up by birds, is then like pooped out later. It still grows in other fields, yeah. but it had to be yeah. eaten by a bird and then go through that process. And so part of me is like, okay, fine. Don't, don't. Yeah. 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 And like, good luck out there. God bless you. Like God's going to, you'll, it'll get there. Like it might have to go yeah, through a digestive yeah. system, but I don't feel yeah. the pressure to convince yeah. in that way. So I would probably just say, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, and I don't want to dodge your question, but that is my, no, I that's it. my first, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, are the, are Pharaoh's taskmasters masters complicit in Hebrew slavery? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I think they yeah. are. Yeah, you know, like prove me yeah. wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's just it's yeah. so. I don't think this is advanced math that um, white Protestant Christianity like the, yeah. slavery could not have happened in America without yeah. the Christian Church authorizing it. It just could not yes. have happened and. And yeah. injustice in this country doesn't really happen without um, the blessing of the church. And so uh, I just, I, it's so obvious to me. Like, I don't, I'm probably not the most patient person in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there's something about that that's really helpful, I think. Um, maybe for, and maybe this, is, this gets to, um, you know, even a roundabout way of answering uh, Bishop Todd's question earlier, um, because I do think um, I do think that there is this anxiety in a lot of leaders. I feel this um, as well. There's an anxiety in a lot of leaders that you do have to have some sort of perfect theological answer to these things, and and make sure that people don't leave your church, and you know all of those sorts of things. But um, but you know, to use to go back to that parable of the soils uh, that you mentioned earlier, one of the most helpful things I ever heard Dallas Willard say was he said, uh, you know, he said I think I think that parable was given to Christian ministers 
so that you could, f- you have the freedom to focus on the good soil and just don't worry about it. Like some people are going to think you're saying the wrong thing. Some people are going to complain about what you're saying. Some people are going to, you know, th- uh, you know, they're going to f- just fall asleep during your sermons. Like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. But some people are going to say, oh my gosh, is that, is that true? That stuff about the kingdom? How can I get involved? And he's like, spend your time with those people. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, there's something fell off my shoulders when I heard him say that. And I was like, this is, this is really, really helpful. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Danny. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's all over the scriptures too, right? I think it's so. like, yeah. you know, you know, people are uh, confessing the sins of Israel, you know, uh, when that's like, well, those, that happened generations ago. Um, so let's get uh, nitty gritty. How, how can people be involved in this? How can they, if they are compelled by this, how can they get involved? Um, send money. <laughs> send money. How, how do people they do that? They can send uh, <laughs> checks to our PO box, um, which is on our website. Okay. I don't know if you want me to say our PO box. I I will put all this we'll just, uh, all information right. in the show notes. Yeah, so the PO box yeah. um, checks can be okay. just put EHRI in the memo line E-H-R-I. Um, okay. for the Equitable Healing Reparations Initiative. And then it also it can be given through our um, online giving platform. And one of the cool things about setting it up um, through a church is that we don't have to start a nonprofit. You know, we don't have to do any of that extra work. So yeah. every dollar that comes in goes directly to um, somebody's student loans. And one of the, I, I really love this part of it. That is such a conservative principle. Mm. You know, I, I yeah. sat in, a, in an office, a, a woman that I went to high school with, who's a, a lobbyist, and um, her dad is connected in politics, and he's a lawyer. And uh, I sat while she, the two of them talked about whether or not this, whether is this a progressive idea or a conservative idea? Um, mm. And they didn't agree. And he was like, this isn't liberal. That's stupid. Like, this is so conservative. It's debt relief. And she's like, well, dad, if you read the whole thing, there's some ideas in there. And I loved that it, it just cut through to something beautiful. So I think that um, every dollar pays off somebody's debt. And I think we all believe that puts a person in better position to be generous, puts a person in better position to, I've heard a lot of churches talk about um, when we pay off our building, we'll be able to participate more in the kingdom. So when we give some of that building money away to um, repent for injustices, there might be an ability to participate in the kingdom more. Yeah. And I love the idea, this just occurred to me, but I love the idea that this is sort of like you're compounding healing through this. This isn't just allowing one person to, you know, to, you know, get out of debt, but it's, it's a person whose career is devoted to the mental health of others. Right. And so there's this, um, compounding effect, uh, that it can have. And so, did they have that person and hopefully more people and hopefully this will be scholarships. Yes. There are other things that we're talking about this turning into, but okay. That person then has the choice to, um, if you've got fifty-five to two hundred thousand dollars of debt that's just gone, you might be in a better position to give a discounted rate. You might be in a position, yeah. you know, like it yeah. justice rolls down, like it, like the mighty yeah. waters, and you see repentance yeah. turn to justice and access in an equitable, equitable way. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, we'll make sure all of that gets in the show notes so that you guys can participate uh, as you feel led. Um, one more question, uh, Danny, this uh, just occurred to me. You mentioned Jamar Tisby's book, The Color of Compromise, as maybe a place to start. But it just occurs to me that some people, um, maybe some of your comments earlier are new for some people of like, 
oh, slavery couldn't have existed unless the church authorized mm -hmm. it. Um, if people want to dive in more deeply to like educate themselves on the history of like the way that the way that racism works in our systems and our history and in our culture like what other resources would you recommend that have been helpful for you in terms of like seeing this a bit more clearly i think i mean i think tisby is the go-to beginning and he's got the, the color of compromise is on um it's, i think it's on amazon prime you can watch the special i don't know if specials are right okay. um and read the book it's hard to um i think brueggemann for understanding hmm. the pharaoh slave dynamic and the numbness that's required for societies um to go along hmm. um numbly and in, in complicity and not just just to not wake up um but to hmm. stay asleep to it the how pharaoh is pharaoh has to silence the voice of marginalized in order to stay in power and keep making bricks so the prophetic imagination mm. um i think okay. i think like maybe the culture cultivation todd that you were talking about um a book for me that um honestly has saved my face is faith it is is a book called um lament for a son by nicholas wolterstorff and then i would say like yeah. like anything um with wolterstorff and justice and this um you, I, I think we all do believe in systemic uh, injustice. We, uh, mm -hmm. We've all experienced that on some level. It's just connecting the dots for people to like this, what your experience was in this system is yeah. what a whole group of people who have a different skin color, you know, have yeah. experienced. Um, uh, Ibram X. Kendi, I think, um, start with stamp from the beginning to understand yeah. that 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 it was not a mistake it, you know what I mean? it was like intentional yeah. Yeah. road building or lack thereof um mm -hmm. i i um and then i would i i, I yeah i um i, I just I, I, i'll add i i went reading um, names i'm not always great with names but um read like i'm where saint mary's is reading um reading while black right now and i i love to i love to compare the um indexes in the like the author's notes mm -hmm. from like white authors and black authors because i think that sometimes there's a fear of like mm. well if we give voices away we won't be included yeah. find a more inclusive index than black wow. authors black women authors wow. that, there's a can yeah. i like step away for one second to grab a book yeah go okay. for it go for it because <laughs> i don't want to mess up my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, hmm. but um shaniqua walker barnes a book called i bring the the voices of my people and it's a womanist vision for racial reconciliation um hmm. the the people that are invited to her conversation blew my mind where it's like oh my gosh like i didn't think hmm. that i like i was wrong like i didn't know or um a book called hmm. joy unspeakable by barbara holmes there's a page in joy unspeakable it's the contemplative practices of the black church there's a page where she quotes ronald rollheiser and kendrick lamar on the same page <laughs> like <laughs> i knew i had found a friend yeah. um yes 
it's yeah. just this joyful inclusive it's the nation's streaming like and so again I, sometimes i can drift from the quite specific question but like go in expecting to be part of this worldwide kingdom um, yeah. and learn willie james jennings after whiteness yeah. is lovely and mm -hmm. Convicting, but so compelling. Personally, those are—I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I would start with Jim Tisby, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Danny. What I, part of what I'm hearing you say is there's there's all kinds of resources out there, um, and that if you just are practicing a little bit of curiosity and reading the index and noticing what uh, is interesting to you, that um, you're in for decades of learning. <laughs> decades of learning, if you want it, right? And that's another. Like I, I I'm so bad with. I love specific questions, right? So, like, I don't know who's listening to this. So, like, there's people I would yeah. say, read this yeah. book. And yeah. so if yeah. somebody wants to have that conversation, email me, text me, yeah, and say, I want to know more about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we yeah, can great. learn together which way. Great. All right. Well, very good. How, how can people get in touch with you then? I'm pretty full these days. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Don't contact yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Uh, Call my agent. P.O. Yeah. box that I mentioned. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. If there's a check, I'll call back faster right, yeah, to yeah. the EHRA. No. Um, <laughs> email at danny at stmarysnashville.com. Okay. And, um, and we'll, we'll start there. All right. Well, sounds good. So if you yeah. do uh, want um, some more specific recommendations, maybe regarding your specific question, uh, you can reach out to Danny. Um, Danny, thanks so much uh, for sharing with us about this initiative and how people can be involved and just uh, your thoughts. It's been a really rich conversation. Yeah, thanks, thanks for so having much, me, Danny. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yes, uh, and speaking of just, I want to tease uh, what we're starting next week. Um, speaking of books and resources, um, C4SO is reading during Lent Prophetic Lament by Soong Chan Ra. And um, we're going to have during the... Um, during Lent, we're going to have um, folks from the Revelation 7-9 task force uh, join us to talk, to offer some reflections on um, kind of the section of the book that we are reading in that particular week. So if you want to participate in that, pick up Prophetic Lament, put a link in the show notes, but you can also just find it wherever you find books uh, by Soon Chan Ra. Uh, you can join a Facebook group. Um, and then uh, next week, Tisha Hedra is going to join us to uh, with a reflection on the introduction and the first three chapters uh, which is a section called lamentations one and then uh, we'll continue to do that throughout lent anything uh to say about that or about this uh, podcast episode to finish us off bishop todd just to underscore the journey mm. um i think for some people it will feel like another layer of conversion or something. Yes. Um, and that there's a fairly significant fear out there about being labeled as woke or Marxist or whatever to just start even thinking or talking about these things. Yeah. So I appreciate Danny's emphasis on joy and childlikeness and yeah. just take it slow, just... Do what you can do. Um, I mean, in terms of your own growth, um, I don't mean uh, I don't mean take it s slow necessarily. Well, I don't know what I mean here. Um, I don't mean be unconcerned about the present yeah, pain right. of people of color, yes. but I mean it, you, you can't make yourself grow mentally and spiritually any faster than you're yeah. you're growing, and and like to be okay with that. But 
but maybe the way to stay away from the well you know that sort of a white privilege that you have to go slow maybe the way of um, to stay away from that is to also have a child like this. Well, I'll execute on the little I know, knowing mm-hmm. that there's more to learn. And as I learn more, I can execute on yeah. more mature judgments. Yeah. But how, yeah. like how mature do you have to be in this thinking to say, Hey Danny, I think this is so cool that you're uh, like, I get the argument of this podcast and it's so cool. And though I'm just learning undip my toe in the water by here's 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. Yeah. I just want yeah. to be a part of it. Yes, that that's that's a really good word. I, I think that's the way forward. I think some, sometimes we feel paralyzed mm-hmm. by like, oh, this is so new and it's so different and so big and I don't know what yeah. to do. Well, here's some li- like little things you can do. And I, you know, I, re- I recently read um, My Grandmother's Hands by uh, Resma Monachem. And in there, he, he just talks about one of the things you can do is just to like increase your tolerance for discomfort. Mm-hmm. Like, especially as a white person, just like, just grow to like learn to just be uncomfortable as you hear something that feels that makes you feel uncomfortable just sit with it don't don't reject it right away don't don't try to defend just be with that and notice it and be curious about well, I wonder why that makes me feel uncomfortable so there are things that we can do um, to kind of lean into this and to grow that's helpful um, I wonder if we can end uh, with uh, the prayer that we have from uh, Cole Arthur Riley um, and her black liturgies project does that sound all right to you guys yeah thanks Ben all right I've got it up here, so I'll pray. God of the multitude, we praise you for being a God who contains a diversity of personhood in one. In your very being, you possess a sacred community where each part is distinct and beautiful and necessary. Make our community like you, that we would no longer be content with the bland flavor of sameness, that we would no longer use language of unity and oneness as a veil for the suppression of voice, body, and culture. Be near to those who have offered up the particularity of their stories to bring about restoration, only to be met with accusations of divisiveness and unkindness. Lord, let our kindness be marked by telling the truth. And if division follows, let it be for our own protection, that you would lead us into spaces that see and honor that we are not the same, and it is very good. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.